You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, for you, all right, and I, this is not a, a knock on you, but I always tried to be Rico Bronia, the baseball player, when I played. Except I sucked. That's why I apologize. It's you not a knock been, on you. We, we might have been closer than I, I sucked <laughs> a lot too. I sucked a lot too. <laughs> but I but struck my, out a lot. My well, oh, forget strikeouts. Oh God, I got you beat <laughs> on that. But I always thought, well, I'm decent defensively, and I ended up yeah. loving making the scoop play at first base more than anything. Like that was my euphoric moment as a baseball player, and I wasn't a good baseball player. For you, I think of your defense first, like. I think mm-hmm. Rico Bronia, gold glove defensive first baseman, should have won multiple gold gloves. We know it was a joke back then. Did you mm-hmm. get more thrill from making a great defensive play than hitting a home run, or was it not? Nah, come on, Evan. It was hitting the home run that was better than the great defensive play. I got as much out of the defensive play um, because I knew that had to be a big part of my game for me to sustain value and help a team because I was maybe a 20 home run guy for a position that you needed a lot of power and that offense from. So I definitely took so much pride in my defense and so enjoyed making play for the infield infielders and the pitchers. Like when I saw Saber Hagen embrace me after the game, like great, great defense. That meant as much to me as, um, you know, any kind of play, any kind of uh, home run would have at the time, you know, a big hit, maybe or a home run, but I was just, I was just as thrilled to make that play. So 1994, you're called up, you're hitting the crap out of the ball, you're hitting 351, the players go on strike. Now, yeah. you're a player, but obviously you're not the one leading the walkout. How yeah. freaking frustrating was it as you're in the major leagues, hitting the cover off the ball, and now yeah. everything stops? That was... um Really, really confusing time for me because I did definitely didn't want to like rock the boat with the players' union and say the wrong thing in the media. And I was getting, oops, sorry, I was getting some media attention, obviously, with my performance and in New York too, especially with the big media. Um, so I really had to make a d- decision personally to just, and, and I was, yeah, I was behind the decision 100%, which is the back to the union. Obviously, it was a um, listening to all our veteran players. I knew how important it was for the Player Association of Baseball. I mean, so I tried to remove any selfish 
motivations or ambitions or feelings from that situation as difficult as that might be. But I also knew that um, I think really felt confident that I had made myself my, you know, my, the season went well enough where I think the, I thought the Mets were going to, you know, keep me around whenever this thing gets settled, the strike and all that stuff, you know, and the David Segui situation, he could play outfield and I could play first. I thought it, it got to the point where it worked itself out. If it was a month earlier, a few weeks earlier, it's, there might have still been a lot of questions, but I think right. I had a hundred and something at bats, you know, yep. and and was uh, so I decided that was kind of my thinking to go along when, with the union, not say anything, just basically say as I'm saying to you, and in all truthfulness, is that I just, just I'm learning as everyone else is a young player, but I got to back the players. I'm a player, and um, that's what I decided to do. I think knowing that I had established myself got my foot in the door the Mets were going to give me a chance it was a team I was becoming you know part of the family with etc uh but but it was definitely hard I mean I got it was hard sure we were, our team we were winning too we started to win yep. I mean we we're making a push the Expos were really really good the Braves were great and we were playing really really well we were winning a lot of games yeah, it was the it was the first time as a fan you started to feel like okay things are turning because 1993 was so bad, 1992 was so bad, and look, it was yeah. true. The Mets believed in you as the first baseman. You're the everyday first baseman in '95. You're the everyday first baseman in '96 till you got hurt, and yep. then they made some decisions during the off season of 1996. First of all, do you remember? Because these two names are fresh in my brain. Do you remember the bums? You were traded for when the Mets traded you for the to the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, you remember the names? Another Rico, another Rico, uh, yeah. another. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, what are the odds of that happening? Uh, to- Toby Borland. Look at you. Oh, you know. Uh, and Ricardo jo- Ricardo jo- Jordan Ricardo Ricardo Jordan and Toby Borland. Yeah, oh, Ricardo Jordan. God. Yeah, and they called him Rico. So that's how I remember. I think I believe they that was what his like. My name is Rico. Rico. That's a you know. There's no, it's not a nickname. Right. My name is Holy Rico, but I think that's what they called him. Yeah. You know that's, what I called him? I called him a piece of crap because he wasn't very good. That's what, that's what I called him. <laughs> we, so we, when you're so traded, traded for these two, for these two crappy, crappy relievers, crappy, I'll, call I'll call them that, were you pissed, were you pissed or were you excited about, excited a, new about opportunity? a new opportunity? I was really upset. I was really, really, really upset. Yep. I was very upset. Uh, it had nothing to do with going to the Phillies because I actually thought, well, they're a, a young building. You know, they were going to start a youth movement. I can, you know, be part of that. But when I put that aside, I just really did not want to leave New York. I, you know, I was close to home, living in Connecticut, loved the group of guys, enjoyed the management, really liked the city, just everything about it. It was right up my alley. You know, I the, the plane in New York thing was a strength for me. I think I felt like I grew up in the area. I know the intense pressure that's right up my alley. Cause that's what I was one of those fans growing up. So that didn't bother me. I embraced it. I enjoyed it. I think it actually helped me focus and perform better. I, I mean, I really do believe that. So yeah, everything about it, I was upset. It was the day before Thanksgiving. It was, a, it was the Wednesday before, you know, the next day was Thanksgiving on Thursday and uh, I was devastated. And Joe McElveen called me. He didn't even want to tell me. But I think he felt bad about it. I think it was told, you know, he was part of the decision, but it came down from multiple places. Um, 
I think I was partly to blame for the whole thing that happening though. I don't want to throw blame off me because I really was, I was hurt, but it was eventually it was an injury that I thought I was able to learn how to play through later on. At the time I didn't, I was scared to play through it because my shoulder was banged. It was hurt, banged up, needed surgery, but it was labral tears and I probably could have kept going and got it done in the off season. I think I eventually learned that because I did that like two or three more times in my career getting four surgeries on the shoulder, I think. So um, I was partly to blame for that. When you saw that they end up trading for John Olerud, which happened after the fact by like a couple of weeks, like it was timing-wise, it was soon after they trade Robert Person for John Olerud. Does that make it worse? Does that make it easier? Like how do you react when you see, okay, they just traded for my replacement and it's that guy? Made it really hard because I, I felt like, okay, they had that in the works. I mean, that's really hard to do that fast unless you've – not in the works per se. Maybe had, they've had conversations that were really leading to somewhere. You know, you, you just don't – that was an everyday first baseman, obviously, when healthy. And they got an everyday first baseman, uh, a well-established one, great player in Olerud in the prime of his career. So that, to me, was not an accident. Um and I felt like, you know, I felt hurt. It's just, you know, it's your natural reaction. They, they got rid of me. They got someone else. And he's good. I get that. But now I was in the same division, too. So that was part of this. Like, you know, <laughs> three minutes later or, you know, a few weeks later, I'm thinking, all right, I'm in the, still in the East. And you go from being really upset to thinking, well, we're going to play them a lot. And, you, you know, you're just thinking – chip on the shoulder, the competitor in you wants to, can't wait, I couldn't wait to play him. And I think in my first game, I went berserk against the Mets, you know, and um, just because I was so full of emotion. I didn't want to leave the Mets. I mean, bottom line, I didn't want to leave. I would have played there forever if they let me, but that's eh, the game. And I enjoyed Philly. I ended up getting a, you know, a great opportunity there. And look, when they come out with that SI cover, the greatest defense, the greatest infield defense of all time, and it was great. I mean, I loved it, and I like John Olerud, so I'm not bad-mouthing him. He was a very, very good Met and was a tremendous hitter, but you were better defensively than John Olerud. Who the hell are we kidding? Like, the greatest defensive infield would have actually been greater if you were the first baseman with Robin at third, Edgardo at second, and Ordonia as a shortstop. Well, th- thank you, first of all. And I do feel like I had more range. And I think, honestly, J.T. Snow had me. I don't know if he had me or we were that, you know, maybe the same kind of player. And J.T. was different. I mean, he Olerud caught everything that was around him. His hands were terrific. And he was very, very reliable. Um, and better than just reliable. But J.T. Snow was Don Mattingly or Keith Hernandez. Like a, like a shortstop, kind of a, a cat-like you know, extensive range, um, ridiculous ability with his glove. And I felt like JT and I were like, you know, with that kind of same kind of player, you know, I don't want to, he got gold gloves. So he, you know, tip, tip of the cap to him. But yeah, I feel like that, that hurt. I'm like, you know, they said the same thing to me when Travis Lee was a great defensive first, but he came into play in Philly after my four years in Philly. All I heard was, I can't believe you're not winning a gold glove, Reek, at first. And then as soon as I left, it was like, well, you know, Travis Lee's as good as you were. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that was quick. So, uh, and he was good, and Olerud was good, but um, I would have put my um, 
you know, that doesn't come across the wrong way. But I would put my glove up with anyone at the position, no, no doubt. I, I also think I also, it's, think it's, it's, it's this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's so different today than it was back then. Back then was all reputation. And it wasn't fair. I mean, Rafael Palmeiro won a gold glove and he barely played one year at first base based on reputation. And as much as maybe we all get nuts about the analytics on defense and how it may not be accurate, I do think it helps determine, hey, who is the best defensive first baseman or shortstop or any position? So I think if you were playing today, you would have gotten more respect for your glove than 30 years ago, where it was basically, ah, that guy's a great hitter. Oh, yeah, and he's good defensively. Give him a gold glove. It seemed more reputation based than anything yeah it was it was difficult to unseat a person a player you know it's like it's one of those things where they're perennial winner and for good reason i mean they're obviously a a talented you know well it's for defensive first baseman they probably had a good offensive career going or you know season behind them as well so you had to unseat the whole thing was you felt like you had to unseat someone even if you had a like one season with the mets i think i don't know what my fielding percentage was but it was two three four errors maybe um, made every play basically along with a good infield and basically felt like I didn't make an error all year. It felt that way. It felt like I didn't really make any errors. I made a couple, but that's it. And they said, well, he's, you know, he's a couple years away from maybe unseating Mark Grace or, or JT. Snow. I think it was Gracie at the time who was another terrific defensive first. He was terrific, but you had to unseat the guy and he's hitting 310 or 315 and he's playing every day and he's playing great defense. So he didn't lose it. I think that was the thinking back then, was you had to unseat a player on your ability, yes, but he had to lose it too. You couldn't take it away from Greg. Greg Maddox, you know, how is he going to lose the gold glove, gold glove um, status from being a pitcher? You had to right, unseat right. that guy, you know, like, and, 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 and rightfully so. He earned it. But I think that, I don't know, that's the only way I can, I can look at it is that it was like you had to blow the person out of the water in every category, offense was part of it. I mean, it really shouldn't be. It's a defensive position. Here's my Here's my, my one issue I have, issue with, you, I have Rico, with you, Rico. All right? And I'm very yeah, glad I can bring this up to you. And you can offer me an answer of why this occurred. So I go to Old Timers Day 2022. I'm wearing my Rico Bronya Met jersey. I'm very excited. Rico's going to be there. Very excited. Gave you a standing ovation upon you being introduced. And you don't come to bat? What's up with that? I thought you were going to say I blew a play at first base. No, I wouldn't. I'm not getting on you for that. That I understand. I'm mad at that. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> that ball was hit to me, and Robin Ventura is, you know, basically walking down the line, and and Pedro covered, although it was kind of a alligator arm reach. On it, it, was, it was, it was, right? it was. Come on, Pete. But I blew that play. Um, on that play, I think I might have been able to get in about after that. Although it would, it's not automatic. There were so many guys that were lined up to hit. Um, I took. A lot of batting practice. No one wanted to take BP, so I took rounds of BP that day. It felt pretty good. 
after like, you know, four or five swings, I was like, all right, I, I'm actually, I feel okay here. So you were supposed to get an at bat and you didn't get one because there were so many guys. That that that's a little bit understandable. I mean, it's kind of a week. I really could have pushed my way through to an at bat, but after I tried it, the semi dive fall collapse on my defensive attempt on a ground ball, you know, falling on a knee, shoulder, and whatever else part of my body, I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna go wipe the dust off, get some water, sit down. Give the glove to somebody else. Give the bat to somebody else. Look, man, I man, I, I loved old timers day. day. Other than Other Mookie than Wilson, Wilson, everybody looked everybody awful. Looked I mean, let's just, I mean, let's be, just be Pedro, Pedro looked awful. Looked awful. Uh, Mike Piazza uh, looked awful. So I will never get on anyone's performance on old timers day because everybody was bad outside of Mookie Wilson. He looked fantastic. So that I can never rip anybody for. He was awesome. It was a great day. I mean, unbelievable day. Good for Stevie Cohen. Good for the Mets. I mean, something they keep going down the you know in the future. However, they decide to do it, but it was an unbelievable setup. I mean, the Mets went all out for us, the fans. I mean, they put together bags of stuff for us, equipment, you know, locker room, you know, the suites after. So they took care of the players. I think the fans loved it. It was a first class day, all the way, and um, you know. After that day, my wife and I, although we follow the Mets, we're close still. We're in Connecticut, and we watch the games. After that day, we had the Mets on almost every night at home, you know, which wasn't always happening. I mean, we, we kind of have it on the background sometimes, watch some games in de- with detail. But after that, it was on. Like, we were – I was back in it, man. It was like that, that day brought me back. Hard. That's great. That's I'm great. glad that I'm glad Steve that Cohn was able to pull that off because I was curious – you ended up spending more time with the Philadelphia Phillies. So are you a Philly at heart or are you a Met at heart? And did old timers, they maybe change it if you were a Philly at heart? Oh, that really puts me on the spot because they are two cities that don't like each other. I didn't like the other when I was playing for the other, but if I'm going to be 100% honest. Be real. Be real. Yeah, being real, four years in a in a major league city is like in dog years. It's like 10 years. And I spent two and a half and three in New York. They traded me. So I had that competitive chip on my shoulder. And then I went and spent four, honestly, four of the most enjoyable major league years. Of my, I mean, Terry Francona became the manager when I was traded there. So we came to Philly at the same time. Scott Rowland came there that same year. Bray, we, so we ended up having good, Good team, good players, but playing for Tito, you know, for four years in that city embraced me like New York did. The blue collar, try hard guy, you know, playing through injuries and giving everything he's got, which is basically all I could give, you know, because I didn't have the ability of those superstar players. I had to really fight for it. They embraced me that that much. But that's why, you know, New York was the same way. I, I mean, I came onto the scene hotter in New York, and the Broadway lights, if you will, of New York, were so exciting and took me in. Um, it's it's got it's a different setting in that respect than Philly, but it's a long-winded answer. But I mean, I was going to if I stopped at a Seven Eleven on the way into the ballpark in Philly. Hey, Reek, good luck tonight. Go get them. You know, it wasn't like 
autographs and, you know, can I get you this and can, can I have tickets? It was like you were a neighborhood Rocky Balboa. Right. You were from the neighborhood and you just got to go, hey, go win that game tonight. Good luck tonight, you know? Well, here's the ultimate question. If the Philadelphia Phillies have an old-timers day on the same day that the Mets have an old-timers day, which old-timers day will you attend? New York. But I'm I'm honest, again, being real, this year I was more upset with the Mets losing than the Phillies losing the World Series. Like, I watched the World Series with less... I can honestly say, I mean, I'm just being real again, because after that old-timers day, I got back into the Mets groove, if you will. And uh, really followed the team, listened to you guys, listened to the podcast, and listened to Afternoon Radio. I really got back into it. And I was not feeling the same way with the Phillies down the stretch. Of course, they don't have Jay Horowitz. And Jay was still with (laughs) And he brought me into the whole thing with Stevie Cohen. So I actually said, Jay, if they got a position available, I'm looking for – Oakland, uh, I didn't re-up with Oakland A's. So if they got a position available somewhere, I'm still looking for work. Bring Rico home. And I got I got to hand it to you. Because I, I had a curiosity, I wanted to look it up. The first year with the Phillies, how did you do against the Mets? Because you had a chip on your shoulder. And we as Mets fans think every former Met kills us, especially right after they join a new team. So I looked up the numbers. You son of a bitch, man. In your in your first year against the Mets in 97, you hit 412 with two home runs and four RBIs and 36 plate appearances with a 1,100 OPS. You didn't have a round. I mean, you were pissed at the Mets, and you took it out on everybody. Yep. I was. I mean, it's, I still feel it. I mean, I don't feel the, the anger. I feel the moment. You know, it brings me back to that. I remember the day. I remember Bobby Jones threw me a changeup away, and I pulled it for a home run <laughs> at Veterans Stadium. And I'm not supposed to pull an outside chain off the plate outside. My adrenaline was so good because I was mad, upset, set. I had all these emotions flowing through me. That's how much I love. All right, so that's a way of saying that's how much I love New York. So when you love something, you know, high school sweetheart, you break up, you just can't get over it. You know, it's like so emotional. I don't know how this was my first. They gave me the chance of a lifetime to make the major leagues. And I was taking advantage of it. Um, my first injury hit me, and, 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 we, and we, you know, we broke up. That, that right, right. broke up. So I, that's the, I don't know, the only way to describe the emotions that I can still recall. And, um, you know, an athlete, uh, baseball is harder than football and basketball in that respect, but, but I was going to hurt. I was going to get them. You know, I was going to get them. I did it. I think I did it to the Phillies. I couldn't wait to do it to the Phillies when I was with the Braves. Well, you did it. That's for sure. Well, Rico, I appreciate it, man. It's an honor that we get to host the podcast with your name being represented on it. We should actually put, Pete, gold gloves on the art form. Because on the artwork of the podcast so that you can get what you deserve, which was freaking gold gloves. So thank you, Rico. We appreciate it, man. Thank you guys are the best. I like your podcast so much. I listened to it on my travels out to UK to see my son. I had him on the ride. I had him on. They're running. You guys are great. Keep it going. All right, so trade week is coming up here on Rico Bronia. We will create the fairest Yankee Met trades, and we'll have a Yankee rep and a Met rep kind of tell us. They'll do it. They won't do it. We'll see if we can hit the jackpot with Yankee Met trades. And any trade ideas you have around the rest of Major League Baseball, let us know. You can tweet at us, at Evan Roberts, WFAN. I'll even check the comments section of Rico Bronia. If that's easier for people, put it in there. 
We'll read a couple of them, but make them fair. Please, please don't tweet at me, James McCann, for Shohei Otani. All right, this isn't MLB the show where you can just force a trade through. That's not exactly how it works. But we have that coming up this week and a lot more as the offseason is finally here because ding dong, the Phillies are dead. Ding dong, the Phillies are dead. The Phillies are dead. The Phillies are dead. Ding dong, the stupid Phils are dead. That's the only singing I'm going to do. Enjoy the rest of your week, and thanks for listening to Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>